Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Today's show is brought to you by the award-winning NordVPN. I've been using Nord for years now because it secures my internet traffic and keeps my data private, especially when traveling or on public Wi-Fi. NordVPN has servers in over 60 countries, does not log your data, unlocks Netflix and other geographic restrictions on entertainment content, and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. To save 70% on a subscription, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com slash NordVPN or use the promo code BT. Future. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Giles Lowe and Arna Lang-Ri. They're both founders at Spanner. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to have you guys on the show. I think a lot of people know and use a lot of the products that you guys have created over the years, but maybe before we get into that, Let's get to know each one of you a little bit better. And Giles, maybe do you want to give us a bit of background on yourself, kind of where you grew up, where you went to school, how you got to uh, Spanner. And then I, I do want to cover kind of uh, how you guys met, but let's give each one of you uh, a bit of a background first. Yeah, sounds great. Thank uh, you. So uh, from the UK, I grew up in Oxfordshire, um, always been tinkering, always been in design, taking apart uh uh, parents' radios, much, much of their dissatisfaction. Um, so always been interested in that stuff. And then through uh, uh, going to school, going into some business elements, going into some biology elements, going into design, chose the path of design. It was just it was obvious to me that that's that's where I wanted to go. Um, and then university studied product design in the UK um, and had sort of a pivotal moment. Uh, uh, particular lecture from Trevor Bayliss who invented the clockwork radio um, and it's really about purpose of design and came up with the, the name of Spanner and you know roll on forward 25 years on after coming to the US spending some, some time in, in North Carolina doing uh, cell phones before they were smart um, but still cool products uh, doing the flip phones uh, came to California spent 10 years in the Apple ecosystem, designing across all platforms, uh, which obviously is, is, is great experience and, and great knowledge right there. Sure. Um, and then founded, founded Spanner uh, six years ago with, with Arno and I'm CEO and founder. Um, and ready for us, it's, it's building an amazing team, super senior um, to drive products, but drive products with purpose, drive products with impact and enable people that have the ideas to actually be successful, uh, which is part of winding all the way back to that Trevor Bayless um, introduction we could have a whole other podcast on. Um, it's what's the point, right? What's the point of what we're doing, what we're creating, having kids and all those pieces. It's, it's the impact level, legacy level, and that's what we're trying to do as Spanner, right? We're, 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 we're forging forward with some pretty amazing products and feel extremely grateful. Um, and it, when you can help a startup, drive a process and avoid the pitfalls that we all know happens in hardware that we've got a lot of press around 
Um, just enabling that partnership of the whole ecosystem um, of doing product, it's pretty special, right? It, it's certainly worth getting up and going to work every day. And, and I think Arna comes every day as well. So I'll let, I'll let, him, yeah. uh, let him do his intro. I, I do show up most days, yeah. Um, thanks, Kevin. Um, so um, uh, I was born in Norway, but my family brought, um, brought us all here uh, when I was just two years old. Um, so I grew up right here in the valley. Um, I'm Norwegian by birth, I guess you could say, but a, a California kid through and through. Um, like Giles, I think that's, you know, in one of the ways we're sort of kindred spirits is, um, you know, anything that stopped working uh, in the house when I was growing up, it was mine and I would take it apart and, and <laughs> just awesome. explore and try and figure out, you know, everything from the washing machine to um, the toaster, um, just to satisfy my curiosity what was going on on the inside um you know when 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 a lot of kids were thinking you know they wanted to be astronauts the, the space shuttle program was just kind of getting going and talk of the space station i had the same kind of thoughts except i always imagined myself as being the guy who was designing stuff to be used up there you know it's a oh, brand new universe out there and they're going to need things designed specifically for that so kind of already in my head i had that kind of direction um but uh, alas, the, the space program was not inevitably where I was headed. Um, I got my um, mechanical engineering degree from Stanford, but I didn't discover their now uh, sort of famous uh, product design school uh, until my senior year, year there. So I, I took off and got a few years of experience out in industry, um, working at a, at a plastic factory down in Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. Um, and, that, and then I went back um, to Stanford to do their master's program in product design. Um, it wasn't called the D school back then, but it has since, uh, evolved into, uh, that institution. Um, then career wise, I've done, um, product design now for, for decades, uh, in markets ranging from toys and kids, uh, uh, like science and nature products, uh, sporting goods, um, medical devices and, and then uh, consumer electronics over the last 10, 12 years as well. Very, very cool. So I'm curious, before we dive a bit deeper into Spanner and what you guys are doing now, how did you guys meet? Because I think a lot of people struggle with actually finding a co-founder and I always find it interesting to, to learn about how people actually connected and, and met and decided to start a company together. Yeah, in a, in a previous entity, uh, um, Otto and I were sort of leaders in, in different domains at, at, at a company um, and essentially leaders of those domains is driving a mini business, right? So Got you. Um, we would share notes often on, hey, hey what's the pain points? Yeah, <laughs> what's going good and how could we help? And, but living in separate worlds even within an organization, um, that I think gave us a freedom to have those conversations of sharing notes, yes. And then over the years, it just gels, it gels, it gels. But it's a sort of that, that deeper thing of we need to do something together. We align so much, so much philosophically on on about product design and why and where and process and and and, and helping others. All those pieces, right? It's, uh, it 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 just makes sense. You know, a lot of the things, a lot of things we've done since 
it's because it feels right. It's because it's the gut. It's because it's no question. Um, and we're skeptical as hell engineers, so we come in it <laughs> with a, a pretty, a pretty sort of a thick barrier of entry. Anyway, uh, when things flow, uh, um, they really flow. So, so it's for us no question whether it's going to business together, uh, and that still rings true uh, today, I believe. Interesting. But what was the decision to actually basically just go for this and actually start your own company? Because that's got to be scary, especially in the, the space you guys are in when you're actually designing products, right? Like physical products. Yeah, there was there was absolutely an aha moment. Um, you know, it just became clear that um, working for somebody else at a company owned by somebody else um, you know, regardless of how much freedom, um, you know, you're granted on paper, as it were, to, to call the shot, it's not your company. And, right. and there, is a, there is a limit to what, which shots you're, you're allowed to call. Um, and to really take it as far and as deep as we wanted to go, um, the only way to get there would be to open our own firm. Um, yeah, for me, no question, right? I, I had to do my own company, right? This is something instilled in going to have a milkshake with my dad in local sort of Oxfordshire market town uh, insurance office uh, after school growing up. It's a uh, um, must-have own destiny and, and through university and having the design impact one I have, um, just got to take control of it, right? And if there's anything that's an impediment to that vision, um, you get pushed, right? And yeah. I think, to be honest, jumping off the cliff, it's a reason to jump off a cliff. Uh, um, it's really exciting. It's really visceral. And it's a pretty soft landing around here if it doesn't work out, right? Uh, um, my wife isn't on this this, uh, this podcast, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you've got to give it a go. Yeah? Uh, um, for us, that, 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 that moment and that journey, um, super, super fun. We highly, highly recommend it to anybody. No, that's awesome. So, did you guys land your first client before you guys started Spanner or, or how did you guys, you know, kind of get this thing off the ground? Because when you're doing hardware, it, it's, you need potentially like a lot of hardware yourself to create some of this stuff or, or walk us through the early version of Spanner and up until kind of what you guys are doing now and how it's grown over the last number of years. Total leap of faith. How about that? Uh, okay. Uh, there's the, uh, the chapter, the other business book. So uh, we were so passionate and believed in what we were doing. Um, it, classic, we'll build it and it will come. And it did. Uh, Interesting. Um, first, okay. day we had, first day we had, I think, three to five clients. So um, we started chatting to people and there were, there were projects coming to us. So um, super fortunate right. <laughs> and definitely scary. But um we had made a lot of connections and uh, uh, we had some good friends around us uh, and that, that, that seems to come through. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, keep, keep going. Absolutely Sorry. leveraging. Uh, yeah, no, you know, absolutely leveraging the, the networks. Um, not something we could have pulled off when we were 25. You know, you just don't have the networks to be able to do that, you know. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, like Giles said, fortunately there were um, there were folks that that wanted to embark on the journey with us, and and off we went. No, that's actually really good advice, right? Because I think so many people don't realize how important kind of experience and connections in a network can be 
until you actually have those things in place, you know, once you've been in a career for five, 10, maybe, maybe longer than that. And it, it sounds like, you know, you guys built this, obviously people knew your work. They trusted you because when you went on your own, they sent you work. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, um, I think lurking in there is the distinction between freelancing and, and actually consulting. Okay. Interesting. And how do you define that? Um, freelancing, if you think about it, is, is a more of a, um, uh, a tactical relationship. Okay. Um, you're, you're selling your time to help execute, uh, as, as consultants, um, we bring uh, a far more comprehensive, uh, narrative to the whole, to the whole program. Um, you know, we're in a much more strategic relationship with our, our clients, both as, uh, advisors and also in how we uh, engage with them as a business model. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you're right. It's a lot of positioning yourself and your services and what yourself or, or your company is bringing to the table, right? Where you can be very quickly pigeonholed into one vertical or the other when you're trying to be in the other, right? No, that's actually really good advice. So I'm curious, though, Let's dive a lot deeper into what you guys do at Spanner and how has it kind of stayed the same and changed over the years? Because I, I think technology nowadays has come a long way in, in the time that you guys have been around and, you know, and in your career. So, so walk us through that journey. Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's, it's the experience. So okay. product design, by definition, is a holistic process, right? There's a... There's a whole ecosystem which is required to get a product from idea into shipping, right? And we can make light of that uh, <laughs> as much as we like. But sure. um, design experience first. So for us, we wanted to design uh, Spanner. So we want to design the studio. We have a studio which most people think is an industrial design studio rather than a uh, cookie cutter uh, engineering space. Um, we want to design the experience from the studio that we have, to the people that we hire, to what it's like to walk in the door. Uh, and, it, and it's all curated with, with thought and design and, and purpose. Um, so our, our whole narrative is, is way beyond just how do we engineer this particular gadget to be Bluetooth connected, for example. Um, uh, and that carries through the whole process and the whole philosophy and the background of what we do. So for us, that's Super important. Super important that we never lose that 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 core of why we exist. Um, so that extrapolate that through to a client walking in the door uh, and they're giving us their pitch. We never know what they're going to be pitching, which is super exciting. Sure. Uh, you have to come to some some, uh, and uh, it could be some of the big five right in the valley, or it could be uh, um, Joe that's got a, uh, a an idea and doesn't really have any experience how to do it. And we love all those conversations. We love how they go, and we're just looking for how we can help in that process. So center it all the way back down into how to do product design. Uh, uh, depends where they are in their phases, um, but we can map those out uh, a la carte to any product, any technology, any size of company, um, but most importantly, it's to the business model. So that whole ecosystem that's needed for success of that point of time, that baby that they're talking about, um, that they have the passion around, 
uh, and, it, and it's creating that conversation, that narrative, and that experience for that product. So again, that's that's way way deeper, at least for us, uh, on on what it means of hey, can we do an engineering project for you, and can we make your widget get to uh, <laughs> get get to market? Right? There's there's, there's passion and love and life and uh, the, the, the need to go into it. Right? And yes, we have milestones. Yes, we've got phase gates, and yes, we've got over 400 years of experience, but it's way, way deeper than that once you you know how to do products. Uh, a lot, lots of the size on how you get success. Sure. So, yeah, Kevin, you, met, you mentioned um, you know, tech, the evolution of technology and, you know, how it applies to what we do. And, um, you know, of, of course, uh, the virtual tools for design and analysis um, have come a long way. Um, there's, you know, 3D printing always comes up. You know, even though that's been around for for, for quite a while, but you know these things, you know, they're they're tools, and and certainly they they de-risk certain aspects of the program, they accelerate certain aspects of the program, um, and and all that's great. You know, it's it's almost a full-time job staying up with um, advances in in all of the tools that we use. Um, but but what hasn't changed, you know, at the core of a design process, it's 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 a narrative. It's, it's storytelling. It's um, uh, it's getting to know uh, our clients' stories about where they want to take their company, what their dreams are, um, not just what specs they expect to see in in their product. And that's all about conversations and, and relationships um, and and building uh, uh, the the trust and the partnership um, with with all of our clients to to really get at that core part of what we do. Interesting. So I, I want to dive a bit deeper into the process. I, I'm sure it's probably a bit different depending on who's coming to you, whether it's like a huge company or it's one person with uh, just an idea and maybe they, they, it's nothing more than a napkin and kind of everywhere in between. But do you guys have kind of like a rough guide of how you guys kind of approach it or, or walk us through a bit of your process and, and the journey of kind of going from nothing to, to something? Um, yeah, thank you. We, we, um, we tend to start with the end, if you will. Uh, okay. Um, we'll want to know um, what, it, what it is that, we're, that this product um, will do in the hands of a user. You know, how, how is it going to change somebody's life? Um, where does it fit into their, uh, their day or, or whatever it is? So really we, get, we need to get at the user experience that we're trying to create. Um, you know, they have the napkin sketches, there may be some prototypes, they're, you know, uh, they've, they've created some kind of proof of concept perhaps. Um, but you know, we we want to respectfully sort of peel that back and um, start fresh with the user experience that we're trying to create, just to make sure that um, in in everything leading up to that conversation, um, they, they they haven't missed something. You know, maybe we can we can reset certain aspects um, and make it better. Uh, and then we want to talk about where they want to take this. Do they want to license this idea to somebody? Do they want to actually create a, a company and a brand and get into manufacturing, um, you know, be the next, uh, uh, 
Nest or Fitbit or, or whatever. Does that actually um, change the process if I want to license a product as compared to create a company around it or, or, or not really? It, it, it does in the sense that it changes um, what are the appropriate steps. Um, you know, how, how, do you, how are you going to spend your time and, and money um, to reach the, the appropriate objective for that uh, longer term goal? Okay. Um, so, and that's the, that's the key, the objective. So what is the objective that we're building for, we're engineering for, and, and right-sizing the model for that? So we all know the, 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 the pains of developing hardware. Um, so adapting the process for, is somebody just going for fundraising? So we commonly have that conversation. So that's a great idea. Uh, what is the MVP proof of concept model that needs to be built where we can induce this, this amazing industrial designers that we're so fortunate to work with, where they can create a beautiful model of what the form looks like, integrate the mechanical model uh, to demonstrate the technology. That's what a venture capitalist needs to join join the dots. Uh, they don't need anything more. They don't need that fully integrated. And you want to get there to an MVP schedule budget, uh, um, blood, sweat, and tears as quick as possible to enable that conversation of funding to then really enable their, their future success. There's no point us developing it all the way through or under developing it where the hook and the value isn't there. And so again, it's peeling back that, that objective and something we, we regularly do for, for clients, whether it's startups or whether again, it's the, the super big companies that have got a skunk works project uh, um, is provide a workshop, provide a strategic workshop where um, yes, I'm sure all the questions have already been answered, but let's do an immersion process. Let's bring in domain experts for all the appropriate areas of your product sector, and let's have a conversation. And that could be an afternoon. It can be a day. It can be a week. It could be four weeks. But it, it absolutely changes the conversation <laughs> every single time. It's super fun, if nothing else. Um, we crack open the beers at the end, but um, it changes the platform of, A, how we're going to work together, and B, certainly how the product um, is going to be developed, what the next steps are. The output from that is a strategic plan where everybody's aligned and by collaboration of getting to that point of how we're going to do it together. And usually there's some pretty interesting pops of de-featuring is as important as featuring <laughs> on getting to, uh, getting to market. Um, Anna always has a corner of the board that is V2, uh, where we push that uh, technology or that uh, that feature to the next round once you've uh, at least got your, your product into market. But uh, again, designing the narrative, looking at objectives, boilerplate process, someone comes in, they have an idea, there's probably some feasibility that needs to occur. And that can go in many different ways, whether it's mechanical feasibility, whether it's software, firmware, hardware, who are the right people? Who are the best in the world to do that feasibility? It's super, super, super cheap and easier uh, to do it early, way more than it is to do it later. Yeah, the, 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 the curve of return of changing a design feature when you've made tooling is hundreds of thousands. Uh, and okay. to change it early is maybe a sketch on a whiteboard. Uh, and that curve carries through the whole process. So we're trying to go back to the objective, go back to the objective continuously to see if we're all still on the right path. So feasibility first, architecture sets up the, 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 all the components of that, of that, that product. Um, essentially, it's setting the strategy, getting the 80% solid through architecture, 
having a super solid design, detailed design in the execution of that architecture. And that simply, again, we can have a really long conversation on this, but it's basically prototype and break it, prototype and break it, prototype and break it, and get it into people's hands to see what the experience is like. And then production and build is, whether you're building 10, whether you're building million, it's still a matter of refining that build process so you can get to that objective finish line. Sure. Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks, an all-in-one small business invoicing and accounting solution. I've been using FreshBooks for over a decade to send estimates for time and expense tracking, sending invoices, and collecting payments online. Then at tax time, I just generate a report that can be sent off to an accountant. To get a free trial of FreshBooks, please go to buildingthefutureshow.com slash FreshBooks. So do you guys potentially help somebody make that decision? Because I think a lot of people might come to you with an idea and whether they're technical or, or not is probably irrelevant. But if if they're saying, yeah, I want to build the next like Nest type company, for example, and, and get acquired by, you know, Google, for example, you're like, okay, well, sure. Like that's potentially possible for this. But, you know, as you're having conversations with them, you're like, look, it might be easier for you to license it to Nest instead of trying to build a new Nest. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you help people through that process too, especially if they've never been through actually creating a physical product in the world? Uh, for sure. Um, it, it, it's often the case, you know, especially with the, with the smaller startups. Sure. They, um, they, they, they're so deep into um, their idea and how they're going to change the world that, um, you know, they, they haven't yet thought about it or they don't know that there are these other paths available that might be more appropriate for, you know, for their future and for their family. Um, that, that, that absolutely happens all the time. Interesting. So I'm curious to know, obviously you guys probably can, can pick the types of products and uh, companies you want to work with, at, at least at this point, but what makes you guys decide on, on the types of products that you guys work on? Because you guys have built some really cool tech stuff. You guys are doing some real stuff in the kind of environmental impact space. So, so walk us through the types of products that you guys like to work on and have been working on. Yeah, so uh, first of all, what's the impact profile of the product? So that's, that's a big part of our, our future vision. So uh, um, how is it impacting us through the environment? How it's impacting us socially? Uh, and by design, a really wide funnel of what impact can mean. Um, okay. That for us is super close to our hearts and is about purpose and, and sort of why we exist at Spanner. Um, but it's also as important of, of, of who, who the executive team is, really the, the crux of the idea and the story behind it. What's the passion profile of the people that we're working with? Because again, it comes all the way back to the experience. Okay. The road can be super hard together. And if we're not aligning in those first couple of jam sessions, <laughs> it's likely going to be a pretty hard journey together. Okay. Um, it's got to be fun. yeah, And we've got to believe in it. Uh, we have to believe in it as much as the founders do. We need to be uh, pseudo-founders of each product that we're working on uh, uh, and that to be not questioned uh, for us uh, internally. Um, so, so we listen to what all the employees want to be working on, what are the emerging uh, trends, what are the products that are close to people's hearts. Um, and, and again, it comes down to one of those gut check things as a business of, of Anna and I looking, looking at each other and going, 
this, this is this is the one. You know, we're fortunate we can have some some degree of selection. Uh, 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 touch wood. Uh, um, so so designing the the studio, designing the portfolio, designing the clients that are coming in um, uh, is really really important. Uh, 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 important for all the all, all stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's one of the one of the great benefits of of uh, running our own place. Um, you know, and and also one of the scariest parts, but we only have ourselves to answer to. You know, we can look somebody in the eye and and understand immediately that um, that passion profile is there, and we really want to work with this person. We really want to support them. We want to help them do what they're what they set out to do. Um, uh, you know, may, maybe someday it, it'll come back and bite us that you know we're. We're, we make decisions based on what's the right thing to do, and we go with our gut, and it, it's quick and it's efficient and it feels great. Uh, but you know, so far so good. It seems to be working. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Well, and it also seems like you guys have the ability to at least build the first few versions of a prototype right at your your office. Is that correct, or 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 what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, uh, we we uh, encourage uh, all of us. To not being CAD, yeah, that's the tool. He talks about technology, and yeah. CAD is a great thing. We all grew up on drawing boards with uh, razor blades and pencils and vellum. Uh, uh, CAD is an amazing tool for all of us. It changed the design process. It's enabled so much. Um, let's not forget about chopping up bits of wood, yeah, and sure. <laughs> screwing things together and getting back to the fundamentals. Make sure that's in fully integrated into the process and. Um, we we want to have our, our our team be as much in the shop as we are on on the cat. Yeah, it's it's, it's design the strategy. We we have a we're fortunate enough to have a a pretty robust shop at our studio. We have our own CNC. Where we have a, a master machinist of 35 years experience wow. um, who is just amazing and is there in the brainstorms. He's already making stuff in his head, but before we've actually finished what we're saying, so. Uh, um, that making of stuff, that's when you really learn. Yeah, the rest is, okay, you bring experience to the table and you you, you, you you can avoid some pitfalls that way, but you've got to make it and observe and you learn. And there's, there's, uh, that you can't do too many prototypes. You then need to tailor it to schedules, budgets, and all, all other pieces, but it's uh, many times we are literally getting bits of two by four and getting a particular type of friction hinge you know think of everyone's laptop right now that's where that starts what's that experience and that friction that weightlessness and that's not the million dollars of tooling for that torsion string it's because there was a couple of bits of two by four screwed together at one point and and you learn and you inform and then you 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 work on making that prototype a little bit more high fidelity, high fidelity, high fidelity until you get to that 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 notion of like we've got the direction. And that's beautiful. It, it's lovely because you don't assume, right? No matter your experience, you don't assume and you're open to uh, the experience to be uh, uh, sort of presented to yourself. Yeah. You have you have to expect to learn something when you make a prototype. That's the whole point of making it in the first place. Um, and and often it what you learn um, completely blows away everything that you'd assumed over the previous few weeks. Um, but if you don't do that, it's a much more expensive uh, assumption farther down the road. But, but our machines don't stop, right? <laughs> the yeah. 3D printer never stops. The, uh, the drill press <laughs> is going along the time. The CNC is always going. I'm glad they've uh, got continuous power unlike uh, us humans. 
<laughs> sure. Well, no, and I think the other thing too is like nothing beats actually holding a version of the product or the actual product in your hand, right? To judge just feel and scale and and even just you take like some of the most like famous like iPhone or Android phone, you look at the photo of those phones and sometimes you're like, oh, that looks awful or that's the nicest thing I've ever seen. And then you go into the store and you might be like, wow, I hated the photo of this, but like it looks amazing when I hold it in my hand and it feels amazing or the opposite, right? So yeah. like unless you actually hold something in your hand, it's so hard. And I think even probably for your clients and yourselves even sometimes – like even when it's in CAD and you can rotate it around and, and zoom in and out but until you actually can physically hold a version of it, you really don't know how you truly feel about it, good, bad, or other. Is that fair to say? That's absolutely fair. You know, and CAD can, CAD can trick you, you know, it, that's where the experience comes in. You, you know, you flip on the high resolution rendering tools and, and it looks absolutely beautiful on screen. So it's done, right? What's the problem? Um, but you're right. I mean, um, aesthetic is a whole body experience. It has to do with, with every aspect of the, of the device. Um, you know, we experience things with all of our senses, not just our eyeballs staring at the screen. And so you have to hold it. You have to climb onto it. You have to interact with the prototype um, in the way that you would in the real world. You know, and um, designers' experience and training and education comes in when they can then sort of project what they're uh, experiencing, uh, you know, forward into the into the the user's world, um, and start to understand where the where the design needs to go next. And the user sense of sensitivity. It, 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 it's look at that curve over the last 10, 15 years. Oh my oh, God! Yeah. <laughs> so the bar we, is up. we're all used to uh, uh, remember perhaps using the. Uh, the old school calculators and going, yeah. wow, this is the best thing ever. And like, hey, mine's got, uh, 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 can work with, uh, with sun power. Uh, we were amazed on that. So it's got soft buttons. Mm -hmm. But um, us now from, we know the big players have changed the profile of user experience and we all expect it. We expect it, but we also expect not to necessarily pay a premium for it. It just has to happen. And the finesse and having to spend all that time on, on, on the food company products um it's beautiful right we're in a space where the whole world expects that and to try and execute to that level um on a different type of budget infrastructure and, and startup mode is it, it, fantastic right so you need to be touching those and feeling them because if you put something out there that's concrete even if it looks beautiful that hinge or that mechanism or that that lighting effect isn't perfect um you haven't got a product uh, which is which is daunting yeah, <laughs> for a lot of people, but for us, that's, that's our playground. And we feel so fortunate that we're at a time when, when that is the expectation and, and being able to have some tips and tricks to be able to uh, uh, help, that, help that journey for people. Sure. So how much of the software side are you guys writing or are you working with a dev team or, or how does that work? Because I think the hardware software integration is so important for basically the product to be successful because there's a lot of times if one doesn't work or properly, it's just kind of a garbage product. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not the only, um, you know, domain of expertise that comes into play. A lot of domain experts that we work with are, are in, you know, solving problems that the user uh, never sees because we've solved the problem. 
But um, interesting. Uh, here at Spanner, we, at Spanner, we focus on the the physical artifact. We're we're mechanical designers, mechanical okay. engineers, um, and then we have a network of uh, fantastic partners, uh, resources, domain experts um, that we can bring in um, for various programs on sort of an ad hoc, as needed basis. So the team can be sometimes quite fluid, um, and that would include. You know the whole software stack, um, the the app on the phone. I mean, we want to we want to sit down with the app developers um, to understand how they see the 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 user interface and, and how the user moves through working with the product, because um, that informs how the the actual artifact needs to uh, needs to work. And that needs to be a seamless collaboration. You know, sure. if, if you've got one part of the ecosystem which is falling short, uh, um, then yeah, I think we will we'll know some, some examples of that. No, that makes sense. And that's actually a really smart way of doing it because you guys work on with so many different platforms and probably software that's been around for long periods of time and software that's brand new. Sometimes it might be software needs to be written for the entire device and other times it's just like an app that connects to a device through Bluetooth or, or something uh, like like that is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, and then there are you know there's decisions folded in there that hopefully you never see in the in the end. Um, uh, you know, in terms of component selection, say, um, uh, to for instance, to what extent does the does the UI need high end graphics? Are you going to be running um, you know 4K streaming video right. on there? Um, because that has implications for the graphics processor, which has thermal implications that we need to deal with on the mechanical side uh, to make sure that the product doesn't overheat. Um, right. everything, everything is completely intertwined. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So how about you guys give us some examples of some products you guys have worked on or, or types of products you guys have worked on? Because... You've done a ton of stuff. I think a lot of people would know a lot of the stuff and or use it almost daily. Yeah, sure. So I think uh, a recent uh, example in news is the uh, the Brava Smart Oven. Uh, um, Interesting. It's been a super fun journey uh, with Brava. Um, the, 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 the founder, uh, Thomas, came to us. Uh, we'd worked with him previously on a, a different device, uh, the August lock, which we can talk about maybe. Okay, um, but again, what's the experience? We have Thomas, who's a good friend, turn up at the studio going, right, here's the next pitch. It's Thomas. It's going to be interesting. Um, he pulls out a, uh, a, a an old school toaster oven covered in copper tape and uh, uh, whips up his laptop and says, can I cook you a steak? And we're kind of in at that point, yeah? Um, so, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> Within three minutes, uh, he cooks us a steak and then goes into uh, reverse engineered some uh, NASA technology and da 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 da. So uh, super fun, and we, we were involved way before I think they were even incorporated at that point. So the the impact of that journey, uh, we were involved all the way through the production, uh, through their journey of uh, um, when they're getting new space, when they're in a house, which is just classic. Uh, Silicon Valley episode right there uh, into it's a 200 uh, uh, person uh, uh, company in Redwood City and they're, and, they're, and they're shipping and it's an amazing product. Um, so watching that journey, being part of it, and being so again intertwined into the process and experience, uh, uh, we feel super fortunate about and some 
pretty interesting introductions, helping them grow and helping them hire. Uh, um, uh, it, it's fantastic, right? So, and it's, it's, it's changed my life personally, right? I've got my triplets cooking me, uh, cooking me dinners now. Um, so uh, that's, that's uh, we're, we're done. I think we're peaked. Um, so uh, um, yeah, a super fun journey. Very cool. Do you guys want to give a couple other examples? Um, I mean, certainly there's some recognizable brands that jump out. Um, you know, if you just scroll through the, the website, you know, we, we've done a bunch of work with, with Fitbit, um, uh, GoPro, um, uh, NVIDIA, uh, you know, the, the, the August lock that, that Giles mentioned. Um, uh, but, you know, those are all amazing successes, uh, but but you know it doesn't mean that um, necessarily that those are those are any, our favorites per se. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of been really a lot of fun, challenging stuff. Um, uh, very successful smaller companies that maybe just don't have that quite that notoriety yet. Um, you know, like like uh, Deep Sentinel is a um, home security uh, suite of product. Actually, um, had him on the show actually. Oh, did you? Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. Very cool. Um, yeah, so we, then you know how much fun it was to work with them um, uh, and, and, you know, help contribute to bring that, that vision to life. Um, there's uh, Spansive um, is a uh, uh, wireless charging platform for, for consumer electronics um, that has some, some really interesting technological advances. Um, which in turn, you know, makes things a little more challenging for us. Sure, and we get imagine. to work with, um, yeah, with some some amazing industrial design studios uh, in the Bay Area um, to make their vision come to life and and uh, melt that with the technological requirements. Um, and you know, Spansive is an awesome example of that. Um, it's basically a um, it's wireless charging, but it's not positionally sensitive. So, um, you know, with your typical disc, say, you need to align your phone pretty well on that disc to maximize the charging, and, and the expansive has uh, eliminated that problem. And a couple of impact uh, um, examples. So Sana is a device that um, um, uses light and sound uh, um, to essentially change the uh, the pattern of your brain to um, get you into a relaxed state. So, um, interesting story of it started as a sleep device, but it's pivoted more into chronic pain and to help with conditions such as PTSD and many, many different things. Um, super beautiful to, to enable that journey and the impact that that can actually make. And, and the founder having his own story of, of uh, um, an, an injury in, in, in the desert and and then being in a wheelchair and having chronic pain and come up with the idea of, of the technology and trying to push that forward, um, which which is you know, great great to be involved with. Yeah. And another was similar one I, is, um, that folks might not be familiar with. It's not a consumer electronics product. It's, it's actually in um, the agricultural space. Uh, it's the arable uh, sensor pod um, that's uh, relatively small device that can be uh, deployed out amongst the crops um, and can monitor um, how the crops are doing it at a very high resolution remotely um, uh, and then 
Arable combines that with uh, sort of the macro data of, of weather patterns and whatnot um, to give farmers like a really comprehensive assessment um, of their business. The important thing for us is not to go in a single direction of product. Uh, it's really important that we're working in different sectors. Uh, we're working in consumer electronics by nature of being in Silicon Valley, but it's also touch technology and furniture. Let's also touch agriculture. Let's touch healthcare, um, autonomous vehicles and mobility. Um, the, the household in all its different forms. There's so many areas that, that are still um, going through transformation of how technology is influencing the experience for us. You know, look at cars. See what happens over the next three years. Um, yes. And um, uh, it's going to get really interesting once those technologies start integrating the ecosystem. So at the minute, we have more single point development of technology such as doorbell and lock and then oven and in agriculture, what's growing and the car, but and healthcare and how many steps we're taking. Those will start integrating and our life profile will become interesting. We can talk about the data and how that gets trapped and who, who that's for, but let's stay on the positive side, at least for now, um, how that can influence our lives uh, um, through our health and through our decisions and through our families and all those pieces. Um, really interesting <laughs> where that's going to go for the next five to 10 years and how our, our, just our daily lives are going to change with technology. And we, we always hope, at least here, that it's going to be more in the background um, but let's perhaps be honest that it's going to be more in the foreground, but hopefully will enable us to be further away from technology, if, uh, if that makes sense. No, totally. Well, I, I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is the easier something is to use or you, you, you forget about something because it just works for you all the time was a lot harder for the teams that actually built the hardware and software. <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah. That, yeah, that's absolutely fair to say. Um, you know, and that's like the, um, the, the, the standard that sort of the bar, um, that Giles was talking about earlier that, you know, consumers have, have become more sophisticated over the last couple of decades in terms sure. of what they expect in that regard. Um, you know, like, of course I should be able to drop my smartphone, you know, in a, in a fountain while I'm touring Italy, you know, of course it should be waterproof. Why shouldn't it? You know, but, yep. uh, that that kind of thing presents a lot of challenges during development, but that's you know it, invested properly. Um, that effort then just makes for such a great user experience and and success for that business. But also talking frankly around what that means. So sure. when we do have people coming through Spanish to pitch that idea, being able to have a pretty secure narrative around that beautiful that you want to uh, drop it in the fountain doing the selfie um you know what that takes sure uh, which is fine let's yeah. support it and let's get the teams in place and let's go for it let's, maybe let's do it's the in a version yeah but do you have the runway what's your yeah. funding profile what's the team makeup what's your what's your 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 executive hiring plan uh, all the other facets of that ecosystem that's needed to get you there um, let's make sure we'd be really, really visceral, which is sort of part of our meeting number one conversation of permission to be visceral. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's really important, right, when we're doing development, because there's, uh, let's not fake ourselves mm -hmm. in what's needed to get to that finish line. Let's be open and frank and 
and really challenge because um, what comes out the other end is then going to be way more realistic uh, uh, and, and it's a fun conversation. Yeah, I mean we're we're engineers and tech geeks like anybody else, and you know we can um, we can we can rabbit hole on um, you know the next shiny new object, but um, you know it's our it's our ethic code that, that we need to talk about what's appropriate. Uh, and again, that comes back to the objective and what is that user experience that we're trying to create. Um, does it really need that shiny new object piece of technology to make for a great experience? No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, that's actually really quite fascinating, right? I think so many people want the first version to have everything. And it's like, well, maybe that's possible, or maybe that we need to roll out some of those in a future version, right? And I think just having that open conversation early on before anything's actually designed or developed can save everyone a lot of time, money, and frustration. Yeah, and it's, you know, the next generation product, and maybe maybe the next generation splits into two or three different price points, and maybe there's, uh, yeah, okay. there are accessories and... Um, you know, and that gets back to the question about for our clients is, you know, where, where are you going with this? What, where do you want to, where do you want to take your new company? Um, you know, you, you're not going to sell this first product forever. Um, right. we need to start thinking about what's next so that this first stepping stone, um, is, is the right stepping stone to take you, uh, to the future. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. But we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any other links you want to mention? Yeah, so certainly our website, uh, uh, spannerpd.com, um, uh, is our main sort of forum. I'm sure we're on Facebook and Instagram, but uh, uh, um, I think that's, uh, that's the main piece. Um, so, yeah, check us out on there. You'll see, see the products we're working on and... Uh, happy had to chat to folks and, and enable uh, enable great product and and we promise if you click on the uh the, the email us link in there that goes to you know what might look like a generic email address um that lands in our inboxes personally and um so via china yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, you, you'll have our attention no, very cool, guys. Well, I really appreciate you both taking the time out of the, your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Kevin. You too. Thanks, Kevin. It's been Thank really you. fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.